Blog Talk Radio.
friend that can live with. I'm in my mid-60s. But as I was saying, we went to her service, and um, her and her husband and their children reached out to us when we were younger and pulled us into their family and their home where my parents worked um, so that we wouldn't have to be in the house by ourselves or left unsheltered or unkept. In other words, we went to tell my uncle at the funeral of the loss of his wife, Haiti, how much we loved them and we thanked them for saving our lives. They played a part in saving our lives. And, and I'm starting that off to say, like, the reason I'm starting off like that, because, see, we have to know what our job is. And their job was to not only touch me and my sister's life, my family's life, but their job was to touch others where they came into other lives and they were a blessing to other children, to other family members, to their own family members, their own grandchildren, the people in their community, the people at the church, uh, wherever they went, anything and anybody that came in contact with them, they were blessed by the Wilkinsons, okay? And I'm saying that to say, I'm, I'm, again, looking at the news, looking at my community that I grew up in, looking at um, the community I'm in, we want to look at everybody else for what we're not standing up for. I'm going to break it down so you all can understand. But first, before I do that, let's pray. Father God, I ask you to give me the words to say. I ask you to give the people the ears to hear. God, we ask you to accept our repentance right now. So I ask you to forgive us for every sin we said, did, or act out, acting in, or doing right now, God. We're asking you to forgive us. Touch our heart, mind, soul, and our spirit, God, to just let us want to reconnect with you, God. Put a want back in us for you, O oh Lord. God, open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our ears, so that when we open up our mouth, nothing but what you say will come out. God, do it for us, God. Do it immediately, because time is running short, oh, Lord. Have your way, do your will in our life. In Jesus' name it is so. Amen. Okay. I um, I was born in Inglewood when I was uh, uh, born, okay, we were born on the south side of Chicago. I was born on 66, my parents stayed on 66 in Green, South Crane Street. That's where we were born. Um, we moved to the west side at an early age, I'll say kindergarten, first grade, around that time. Anyway, we was raised up on the west side. I was on the west side for many, 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 many years that I became what we would say west side. Mm -hmm. But I've always was able to come back south because we had family there. We would go to the south suburbs, the west suburbs, um, 
wherever. My, my family traveled a lot. We go out of town. They always expose us to stuff. But how many of us know that peer pressure? Peer pressure ain't nothing like peer pressure. Y'all better hear me. Peer pressure will drive you to a place sometimes you can't get back from. Mm. Peer pressure can get a hold of you so tight you can't shake it off. You can't pull it off. The only way it can get off, it has to be by prayer. Fasting and prayer. Somebody caring. Somebody coming to rescue. Like I said, my Uncle Ben and my Aunt Margaret, they came and rescued us. Before I even knew about Psalms 91, when God said he, he'll he come and rescue me in a time of trouble. Well, I didn't even know. Me and my sister didn't realize we were in trouble because we were living our life, because we were young. See, I'm going to give a... Somewhere in my testimony, I'm going to ask my sister to come in later and give some remarks. But when I didn't know, I needed help because, see, when we were young, we were the mind, if a bullet hit me, it would bounce off me, you know, like Superman. If a, a, a building fall or fell on me, I could hold my hand up and push it off me because we didn't, we didn't think. We just, we lived like it was no tomorrow. Anyway, as I grew up and as my mom and different family members saw different things in us, as the word of God said, the mirror, our eyes out of the mirror to our soul, and they could see stuff in us that we couldn't see, they would tell us all the time, we are not ignorant of saved devices. Didn't know what that meant, but we heard it, you know. And I'm um, just being talking about me now. I'm not, nobody else. This is me. So you can't say, oh, she talked about me. No, I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me. This is me. So I, I look at the news and I see what the young people are doing. See, they want to focus on my people. And they want to focus on the Hispanic people. They don't want to tell you so much about the other color until it becomes how they say, uh, unavoidable. And they have to tell you about it. You know. I began to look at something just the other night, somebody drove past on the west side and shot too many people but one person died. Dang. The mother had already lost a son and she said that uh now, her daughter is gone. She got to be strong for her family, the mother. She has to be strong for her family. I look at the news today, and they talk about this weekend, how young people downtown doing this and downtown doing that. I, I want to say something like this. People, we have to come back to a place where we got to make sure these politicians know we put you in. You're going to come back around and ask us to vote for you again. We can't just say, well, I told them one time. Uh, you don't tell your kid one time to do something and they do it. I'm going to pause so you can grab it. If you're raising a pet, you don't tell that pet one time to do something and they do it. 
when you're potty training a, uh, like a puppy, you get a piece of paper and you, bowl, you roll it up. And when that, pe- that puppy keeps doing what you tell them not do, you beat them on the head or butt, but you stick their nose in it. Yeah, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. But you tell them more than one time. So I'm saying it to say we have to get on our politicians because, see, when we were growing up and my auntie and my uncle, they exposed us to things called cotillion. We're from Chicago, the West Side. You know, we don't know nothing about no cotillion. But we hear about that stuff. We're on the TV and we only see the other color doing those. We didn't know that we can wear those beautiful gowns and we can have handsome young men. I'm talking about the girls with tuxedos and as I asked for. We didn't know nothing about that, but they introduced us to that. They let us see how you went about being involved in the cotillion, all that was involved. We learned that stuff. When we uh, was in school, we had something called junior achievement. We had the park district. Well, our parents paid taxes, so we were able to go to the park district, but now we have to pay. Hmm. And that's supposed to be included in our taxes. Okay, we're going to get on with that. Um, we had things like gymnastics. I like gymnastics and baseball and volleyball. That, those were my sports. Uh-huh. I'm going to let my sister give her testimony. And we would travel all over Chicago, all over the city of Chicago. We would go, sometimes I think, I probably remember we went out of town a couple of times to play volleyball. We had a good time. We had stuff called junior careers where we could be involved in stuff. I remember um, being in high school, my sister won uh, activities downtown. It's a big convention for the uh, like the junior achievement. I can't remember the name, but I'm sure she will. But I won it from the uh, Y. So they couldn't give two um, awards to two sisters from the same place because it looked like it was a scam. It was a setup. So... It was like only one of you all can go. And and I'm not going to tell you no lie. My sister had better grades, so it was more than right they chose her. You're going to keep it real. You can't tell on yourself, stay out. So I went through, we had the jobs after school, Ice and Y and CA. I went through them and got the trip, but we would go and stay together, you know. And uh, we went downtown and we met people, and we saw People like us from all over the city of Chicago, north side, west side, single-family home, project kids, um, just, I, I just can't explain it, but we met all people want from every point of life, and we had met friends, we have some dear friends still to this day. We uh, played sports in school. We, you know, I ain't going to tell you everything, because I leave something for my sister to tell, you know. We, we did a whole lot of stuff, but... One thing I want to do before I, I, I send this over to my sister to ask her for her remarks right now, I want to read something to you that uh, I just want, want to start off with so we can get this out the way. And Second Chronicles, the second chapter, 11 verse says, Let Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his 
devices. See, that was the first thing I told you that I heard a lot growing up. We are not ignorant of the same devices. We couldn't be saying, you know, we look at Cliff Wilson, he'll say the devil made me do it. That wasn't flying over in our house. Because if you said the devil made me do it, they would say, why do you get on your knees and pray that God kept you from doing it? You know, So we have to stand up and sit back and just be like, okay, these kids these days, what's going on with them? First of all, they have no activities. They have nobody really pushing and believing in them. And I'm not just talking about it at home. I'm talking about even in the school system. You hear some teachers say, I'm just here for a check. Please don't teach my children, children, not that my kid is grown, but I wouldn't accept it when he was a kid. Please don't teach my children's children anything because you're just there for a check. Go back to what will happen to people loving their job, loving what they do when, they have a, when they're molding someone else's mind. You know, I, I have a lot of family members that have children in school now, and they need to be led by somebody that really cares about their future. You know, I look at my my nephews, um, a couple of my nephews, my great-nephews, and, you know, and I say, you know, when I was growing up, we used to love to do the Martin Luther King speech, and we had kids that wanted to uh, talk about uh, Malcolm X and Malcolm, um, what's his name, Mega Everett. We, we we had kids that wanted to play that role. They used to get upset if they couldn't be Malcolm X or Mac, uh, Mega Everett or Martin Luther King. But these kids, these they say, I don't want to hear that old stuff. I don't want to talk about that old stuff. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But you know what? My my uh, Bible. Let, let me let me go to it as I. Get a chance. I'm going to write it off so I don't mess up and go back over the same thing. I want to tell you all what my Bible says. Okay, I'm trying to go to it right now. Let's go to Isaiah, the 46th chapter. Okay, let's just find that. Isaiah. 46. And the ninth verse. It said, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like unto me. And I read that to say that we know that there's nothing new under the sun. And if God made it possible, for us to do things in that day and time when we were still fighting racism more like today, but it was more blatant than it was it is today. It, it's trying to sneak up back on us. So y'all better see what's going on. That's why the words say remember the day, time, days of old. They try to say we're going to make America great again. I'm trying to figure out when was America ever made great for us we had to make things great for us. We had to take things and make it work for us. We still can't get loans at a proper interest rate. We still can't get our property value 
at a decent amount that somebody can be on the same block as you across the street and they have another race, they can get a better sales price or how would they say a, a appraisal than you. But when you when they go to buy a house, they can get interest rates two percent down down you know, down there under the five and everything. But when we go for interest rates, why has it always got to be in the double digits with a with a point with something like point six, point seven, point seven, eight, point nine. You know what? We'd always take it to the next number. See, we're not listening and looking at that. We we are we got to search high and low to find uh, good attorneys and uh, uh, good people to work with us for the things we want. You know, we have to come to an understanding and conclusion that when they say make America great again, who are they making it great for? Because it sounds like they're trying to take a step back. We still talk about reparations. 40 acres in a mule. Uh, I looked at every nationality, and, and, and I'm not beating on no ass nationality. Please, don't, don't think I'm doing that. Don't think I'm doing that. But everybody got a museum of a nationality. Um, they got their little checks and their little vouchers and their little recognition of a nationality. Uh, when something comes up, they have their holidays, and Cinco uh, de Mayo is, is celebrated several times a year. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, I'm not hating on nobody. I'm just saying how people fight for their rights. And when we fight for our rights, we got people that won't stand up and, and take a chance to say to their people, I need you to understand I'm fighting for you, for your rights. Not like this mess we're hearing on TV right now, I'm taking these indictments for you. How are you taking something for somebody that you did wrong? I'm just saying, you know. But I just want to know, when is it that we're going to stand together as people and, and, and get with our children and, and start by teaching them when they're young? You know, I said that, like I said before, when we lose somebody in our family, when they when they're no longer here on this earth, when they die or or um, accident, death, or whatever, we don't mourn like others. We raise our children. We need to tell our children, you're not raised like other kids. Because in my house, if I said the word "dang" or I said "what" or I talked back to my parents, it's a good chance that week I was going to be eating dinner with a straw if I had enough space to go down in my throat for it to be liquid. I'm just being honest. They didn't play that. We were taught, you're not going to disrespect me, and I'm going to feed you and give you a roof over your head and clothes on your back too. Now, that's not how that's not how we were raised. You know, so I'm going to take a breath right there, not a breather, but a breath and I'm going to ask my sister, possibly like Dr. Terry Kaiser, if she would like to give a little input before I go back to what I want, what else I wanted to say. Uh, Apostle, are you available? Um, yes, ma'am. Did you have anything in particular that you were looking for me to cover or to say? Um, you could just say what 
you know, you know what you notice with our youth, you know, uh, for example, like I, I say, our youth look at everything like a, um, uh, what they call that, these little video games, they think that everything got a restart button on it. You know, it's like where's the respect, where's the um, love, stuff, you know, whatever you put on your heart to talk about. Um, I would like to talk about it in a different perspective. From what I see, the youth want to be heard. And so because they want to be heard, they want to be honored. Although they're not giving honor to the elders as the word of God teaches us to, they're looking at the same thing we used to growing up. A lot of times, when, although I never said it or demonstrated it, sometimes when my parents were telling me to do this or that, I thought, they've never dealt with this before. How they know what I'm going through? But I realized, although they had not dealt with what I was dealing with, they were dealing with worse things. Like uh, having ancestors that had been brought over here to be raped and molested and misused and suppressed and oppressed and um, being made to eat the scraps and things of that sort. Being made to say, yes, sir, master, no, sir, master, where when I grew up, I was taught to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, as well, but I was taught to say it to everybody. I was taught to give everybody honor, the young and the old. And so that's why even today, it doesn't matter if you're 16, 15, or whatever. I'm usually saying, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, to you, the same way I'm saying it to the 90 and 80 and 40-year-old. But it's because I was taught to give honor. I was taught to give respect. And so I was talking to someone that is very senior in um, the place that I work at, and he was saying, can you just call me by my name? I said, well, first of all, can I please uh, be granted grace for this place that I'm in? I said, although I was in the military and it was yes, sir, yes, sir, uh, yes, ma'am, I said, my parents taught me to do that. I said, so I will try to call you by your name, but you need to know that calling you by your name is something that was rooted in me as disrespectful. I remember when, I won't say her name, even though everyone will know who I'm talking about, when he she was speaking and a young lady called her by her name and she stopped her in the middle of what she was saying to let her know, you haven't lived long enough to call me by my first name. And with all of the things that I've been through, you put a miss in front of that. Don't just uh, do that in a way. And the reason that she did it was not to dishonor the girl. But it was because of the attitude and the arrogance of the person talking to her like she was talking to her on, on equal basis. And so as I've gotten degrees, um, grew up, like you said, inner city, um, saw my first murder at 10 years old, gang style, 
I mean, I've been through a lot of things where I didn't think, as you were saying, that bullets couldn't uh, hurt me and things of that stuff. But what I thought was that my sister got me, my mom and my dad got me. My mom's prayer life is so strong until the angels are encamped all around me. So it wasn't me. It was the prayers of my mother that availed much. It was the prayers of Pastor Linda that availed much. It was the prayers of my Aunt Sweetie that availed much until I, although I couldn't see them, I could see the angels encamped around me at a young age because I knew when they prayed, God answered. It's not like now when a lot of people are praying for show and they're praying to have a following, but they have no life and no relationship with the true and living God. It was where uh, when people walked in, the tumors did fall off. It was where when the people walked in, they did walk out sober. It was where the Catherine Cummins and and uh, the Lula Kaisers and all of them, people could say whatever they wanted to say, but they knew when they prayed, God answered. When my mother was declared brain dead and they said she wasn't going to make it, and everybody came and they prayed, and when they left, those uh, EEGs and ECGs responded. See, when I was uh, supposed to be a vegetable and they had said I'd never walk again and, and the people were around my bed praying and I could hear them praying and I could hear the people crying, it's where I knew that if I went and I left and transitioned that day that I had an opportunity to see the Lord because not only was I trying to live a saved life. I knew that when people thought I was turning up a bottle, I was blowing bubbles in the bottle. I wasn't uh, drinking nothing. When they thought I was uh, getting high because I was trying to fit in, I was blowing in the weed. I wasn't inhaling, but they ain't have sense enough to see, oh, she ain't got no smoke coming out. She ain't smoking nothing. When they gave me the name Half Slick, it was because some people had already figured it out. Okay, she's she, she still a nun or whatever they were calling me. But what I realized was that many people don't understand what it means to fight to go to school. And I don't mean fight because I don't want to get up in the morning. I mean literally hand-to-hand combat in my own war zone, in your own war zone, to go to school and to come home. People don't realize that at a young age, because you beat somebody up, 11 boys jumped on me and I walked away with two black eyes, but I did walk away. They don't understand that uh, we grew up in a uh, neighborhood that started off multicultural, but by the time we left, it was crime infested. It was where not only did you have to worry about getting uh, raped and robbed and all of those things, you had to worry about that even amongst your family, but we ain't going to talk about that. I had to learn that don't trust everybody. I don't care if they're your blood relative. Don't trust everybody because we saw people killing their wives and leaving their heads picking up out of the ground, and they were supposed to be married. We saw uh, 
cousins taking cousins in the alley and cutting their literal uh, guts out just for a couple of thousand dollars. When you grow up in that type of environment, but then God brings you angels like Mr. Stevens, who will take you over into Sabrina Green and show you that you've got it better than a whole lot of people. People like, you know, the Wilkins family, who are family, blood family, but they still, they say, she don't know what a debutante ball is. Let me show her what that is. Oh, she don't know what it's like to, uh, I'm going to let her go with my, my husband, my boyfriend or whatever, up to Marquette University and see what it's like to be a college student, to be someone that the pros are looking at, because I trust her. I trust her because I know she won't do like other people are where they're sleeping with each other's uh, husbands and their sisters. I mean, they didn't understand that trust was not something that was easily given, even though I gave it. They think, oh, you can't trust people. You can't trust people nowadays. They do this, this, and that. They were doing the same thing back then. It's just now you get to see it on TV. Now you get to see it on the radio because of black newspapers, because of black magazines, because of Hispanic magazines. Now everything is being exposed. There's no longer hidden. Massa can't control what's being put out there because all of the Black Panther leaders that did things to help out the community. It wasn't all about what they were making them out to be communists. They were helped, and God allowed them to be helped. And so it blessed me when my uh, father allowed me and mother, even though I was old enough to do it, to go into the military, and I got to see people of different colors in leadership, but I still dealt with racism. I still dealt with sexism. I still dealt with all of the isms. And then when I got out, I was able to get a job working for this Jewish man who was my first mentor and the government, and he treated me fairly. Not only did he treat me fairly, he challenged me. He let me know, I can see you. I can see your hidden talent, and I'm going to pull it out of you. And God placed him in my life as a man that loved God, but also as a man that said, I don't see your color. I see your talent. And he did everything he could to put me in those positions where my talents could come out. And so then that shy, timid person that had a problem with trust now was becoming confident. And not only was I confident in God, I was confident in who God was surrounding me with, but he still gave me discernment. to no, don't trust that one, don't trust that one. Do right by them, but don't trust them. They'll stab you in the back. Or better yet, they'll stab you in your heart looking at you and reach around you and stab you in the back. Oh, that one right there, they're going to stab you in the head, too. So he started teaching me how to do right by the people that are trying to sabotage you because he would bless you. He'll bless you for being a blessing because it's nothing like seeing the face of someone that God used you to bless when they were trying to kill you all the time because they'll see the God in you. They won't see you. And as I was going to college and and doing the things that I was doing, and I saw, like you were saying, make America great again. It's not going to be great, and it's not going to be an again, but it's not going to be great 
until we serve the God of Abraham and Isaac, until we honor everyone, until we respect everyone, until we love everyone, until we learn that we don't deserve the forgiveness that we get, but we get it. And so when we start walking in love and forgiveness and saying what the word says, it doesn't matter what you see. You're going to see the racism. You're going to see the nepotism. You're going to see all of the isms. But when you see with your natural eye and not your spiritual eye, you can't make that affirmation. Greater is he that's in me that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I will seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me thou shalt condemn. See, it's one thing to be able to see what's going on, but to see past what's really going on. Because what's really going on is the enemy doesn't want to be in that lake of fire all by himself. But what really should be going on is that we let him be in there all by itself and that we work with God to fulfill our assignment. And your 13-year-old assignment may not be your 31-year-old assignment. Your 16-year-old assignment may not be your 61-year-old assignment. Because, see, although I'm turning the numbers around, we need to know that God is turning it around in our favor. As we get older, he wants us to get wiser. And then I have this one thing to say more. I was praying and I was talking to God. I said, God, I saw a truly wise person walk past another person that was deemed to be wise while they was arguing with someone that was declared to be a fool. I said, and then I saw someone that was declared to once have been a fool that just had got delivered, and they tried to pull him in the argument, and he said, no, not today. I said, so, God, while I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that sometimes we're getting into arguments and situations with people that are already deemed to be fools. So why are we wasting our time arguing with them instead of praying for them and trying to open a door for them? And if they walk through it, that's fine. And if they don't, because when I walked through the army door, it was because God allowed it. When I walked through the master's degree, the, you know, the bachelor's degree, because God allowed it. But guess what? He allowed it for other people too. But the foolishness of them did not allow them to walk through that door and stay. What allowed me to stay was a praying mother, a humble spirit, and family members like you and family members that I adopted like Mia and family members like the Wilkins that saw in me what other people said they could not see. Because remember, when our cousin was doing the chocolate and the life skin thing, that thing is real. It ain't nothing like growing up on the on the west side of Chicago or any other side of Chicago where you don't see the light skin, dark skin war going on. Why should that be? 
Because Massa, he put it in us with the kitchen niggers, I'm just going to say it, and the ones in the field. But the reality of it is we all came from slavery. So when do we come together, Hispanic? When do we come together, African Americans? When do we come together, Asians? When do we come together, Indians? When do we come together, people that have been oppressed by the oppressor, not to oppress the oppressor, but to let them know women deserve equal pay, just like men, and so does people of other colors. And it's bigger than economics. It's about a mindset and a heart set. And so, unfortunately, we have young people that are saying, I'm not going to take that just because mama them took it. Oh, you're going to take it if you don't learn your history because you're going to take it because you're going to think it's the first time this ever happened. When it happened back in 1961, it happened back in 1922, it happened back in 1818. But because you don't know your history and you are not given the honor to whom honor are due, and because at the family reunions and things that you're going to, you're not allowing the older people to share because you're so busy letting the younger people share. Let's have equality and make sure that all of the age groups, whether you call them baby boomers, Y-gen, X-gen, let everybody share. Let everybody be heard and stop thinking like we once thought that we know everything. Thank you, Minister Sylvia. Thank you so much for that. That's very much educational because one thing I do know the word tells us that we that they try to believe a lie rather than believe the truth. You know, the um, Proverbs 26 and 23 says, Burning lips and a wicked heart are like pot covers with silver dust. It, it, I'm going to read 26. He that hateth dissembling with his lips and led up deceit within him, when he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in the heart, whose hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness shall be sold before the whole congregation. A lot of times we, we say stupid stuff. We say what well, we ain't going to do, what we're not going to listen to, what we're not going to have, and then we have to turn right around and it and Go back in it and hear it. Got to deal with it. Because, see, I look at it, a lot of us, we get into trouble. When we get into trouble and, and, and we get locked up, the numbers we get are not the numbers that the other ones get. They get numbers where they may be on supervision or they may be on probation for a little while and then they go away with good behavior. But the numbers we get put ex-felons on our back. It do all kind of stuff. Now, you didn't want to listen to your mom and daddy in the street. You 15, 16 years old and do these horrible, horrendous crimes. Now you're going to be tried as an adult. Now you're going to be in there wishing you had, um, wishing you did this, wishing you did that, wishing mama could come and holler at you and say, didn't I tell you don't do this, didn't I tell you don't do that? Now, no. Now you got a new mom and daddy. Mm. We ain't gonna say all the rest, but not it's a whole new story. You know, you gotta let you gotta let people be in a place where 
you have to say, you know what, I, I don't know what it is you're not getting. You know, um, me and Apostle Elect was once talking about something, and I said to her, you know, that's like a dog going back to his own vomit. I said that to say this. A lot of times we end up doing stuff to people and have to go back to them and ask them to forgive us or ask them for help. I, You know, I, I laugh at a lot of times. You have people in your family that, now I'm not going to even talk about people next door or down the street or so-called associates. You have people in your family that don't want to fool with you. But let, let them find out you're coming to a little money or something happens to you. All of a sudden you can't get rid of them. Let them find out you got a prayer life. Every time you turn around, they need you to pray for them because they need this, need that. But they never stop to get a relationship with God. Now, that's foolishness. You know, I, I was looking at Proverbs 19 and 24. A slothful man will hide his hand in his bosom and will not show much as a bring them out of his mouth again. He, he just, you know how they say you throw a rock and hide your hand? When we sit back and we look at stuff and we look at, like, we got to know people, our youth, young people, in their mind, that's what they think, like young people. But when you have an old person that's thinking, like, young, something wrong, talk about it. Yes, you're right, Felicia, you got to talk about it. When you got old people that don't want to be responsible. I have a great nephew always telling me how grown he is. He's he grown, he's grown, he's grown. So I asked him in front of his mom. I said, you, you say you grown? He said, yes. I asked his mom, I said, well, how much money he bring in the house? She said, I said, how many, much money do he pay on bills? How much money he have in his pocket? What does he always ask me for? She said, some money. I said, but you grown. He said, yeah. I said, nah. The word of God said, if you're going to eat the loaf, eat the whole loaf, eat the whole roll. I said, don't be half grown. Don't be kind of grown. Be some, something like you grown. When you start taking care of yourself, that's when you can say you grown. You know, like I was saying, a lot of the young people that I've run into, or I, I see talking or hearing them talk, they think, Life is a reset game. Just like that, um, I'm trying to think of that name. I don't play those games, so uh, they they have an accident, and they go in the garage, and they come back out with a new car. Uh, auto theft, grand theft auto, whatever it is. They think they could just go and uh, shoot somebody, and, and they'll come back brand new. You know, it's like people don't want to look at, the things they do. America don't want to look at the things they do as far as when we was growing up, like I said, me and my sister Cecilia, I played volleyball, baseball, softball. We went all over. Cecilia loved basketball and volleyball, and it was something else she liked doing. Oh, singing in the choir. And, the all-city chorus. <coughs> she loved singing opera. So our parents had this type of attitude. I 
couldn't go do what I wanted to do. Now, if we was going to play volleyball together, we could both go because we know that's where we was going, no problem. But if I wanted to go play softball, she had to go with me or I couldn't go. If she wanted to go play basketball, I had to go with her or she couldn't go. She wanted to go downtown to Michelle Clark when she was singing in the All-City Chorus where she sung opera. And she had to be there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Now, y'all know, she had to be there at 7. Now, we was catching the L downtown, so you can imagine what time we had to leave. And I didn't go with her. She couldn't go. But I knew how important it was to her. And she knew if I was with her, I was going to protect her. And I knew if she was with me, I was going to be also protected because we were sisters and we were going to take care of each other. I said that to say this. When I look at children these days, the young people, their heart has wax cold. They don't want to hear nothing about God. They don't want to hear nothing about prayer. They don't want to hear nothing about nothing that ain't got, here you go, you can have, don't worry about it, ain't got to give it back. They have this system going like we're supposed to be obligated. They're supposed to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we're supposed to just give it to them anyway. It's just they thing. You know, it's no other way. I'm trying to, this is another word. I'm looking Mr. For. Mr. Sylvia, the entitlement, sense of entitlement. They, they act like they're entitled. And that's what Felicia say sense of entitlement. They they really believe that we're supposed to give them just because. If they wake up in the morning, we're supposed to be standing by the edge of the bed. Here's your breakfast. Here's $100 for today. That's what they look for, entitlement. They don't want to work for nothing. One thing I do know, they act like they don't want to hear about God. But as soon as something happens, we need to pray. Can somebody pray? We'll come by, let, let's get a circle, let's pray. Oh, now. See, now they want to believe in um, Proverbs 18 and 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and be safe. They know about that there. They know about, if I call on the name of the Lord, I'm okay. He's going to take care of me. They know about that. But we as people that know the power of God, we got to keep praying. We can't stop praying. We got to pray and 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 we got to pray. I said it earlier and I'm going to say it again. If people say, well, how long we have to pray? How many times did it, tell, it take you to tell your son and daughter to stop doing that before they stopped it, if they stopped? If you was training a puppy or a cat or whatever you was training, whatever pet, how many times did it, did it get them to stop uh, uh, doing the number one or the number two on the floor, letting you know they didn't have to go outside or using the paper or whatever it is to pass you that down. How many times? I don't care how many times it takes you to pray. You better pray that you pray that you pray. One thing I thank God about before we close out is something my mother did before she left this world. She picked the phone up and she called every family member that God told her to call and she ministered to them and gave them something to do. Before, besides, before that, it was before Mother's Day. She had cooked her last Mother's Day dinner. She had me to call the whole family and tell them 
to come over because she was she had the strength to cook dinner, and that was going to be the last dinner. I told him I believe this is the last dinner she's going to ever cook. They came. After that, she called different family members and ministered to them. After she did all that, she said out that she had a long talk with me, and we talked about some things, and she said, Renee, I'm going to have to ask you if something, if she said, if something happens to me, would you take care of your dad? At that time, me and my dad was not really on good terms. We was not speaking kindly to each other. I'm just going to be honest with you all because I want to be saved and set free. I said, yes, Mom, after a while. Now, I didn't say it right away, after a while, because right before I said yes to it, she said, you know what? I done gave it over to the Lord. It don't matter no more. She named each one of her kids and said, I done gave each one of y'all to the Lord to Jesus. She said, I'm not worried about it. I said, Mom, I would take care of Dad no matter what. I said, whatever happened to you, I would take care of Dad. I said, you ain't got to worry about it. She smiled and said, I know God is able. And she said, now take me to the hospital. I said, that's to say that, see, our parents have prayed for us so long and so far. After a while, they're going to give it to Jesus. Now, when they give it to Jesus, I'm saying to you, you better make sure it's already right, well and right in your heart. Because, see, you, when you when you hand over to the Lord, the Lord say you either going to do it by free will or force. If you don't want it, he'll give it to somebody else. And then you're going to be set out there. Hopefully you ain't handed over to a reprobated mind. Hopefully God hasn't just said, I'm done. See, we think we got all day. Young people, we don't have all day. Some of us don't even have a lifetime because none of us know how long we're going to live. If this was my last day on the earth, I want you to hear me say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of every sin. Save me, God. I don't want to die and go to the devil's hell. I want to be saved and sanctified. God, it's your will, not my will. You know what my, what's in my heart. I know you know that no good thing dwell within it. But God, for you, I'm asking you, to use me for your glory. I want to be saved, Lord. Amen. So if you don't know how to talk to God, you get your own relationship with him. You talk to him. You ask God to move people out your life, to move you out of people's life. And I tell you what, God will do it. You just got to trust him and wait on him. We ain't always going to have sunshine. We're going to always have rain. But one thing we will have while we're here on this earth is the chance to get it right with God. I'm just praying and asking you all, get it right with the Lord before it's too late. Every day you sin, young people leave in this world quicker than ever. We grew up knowing we would bury our parents, but now it looks like it's the other way around. Our parents don't know if they're going to bury us. We got to get it together. Parents, we have to pray for our children. We used to have revivals. We used to have prayer meetings. We used to call one another and say, let's pray. I need you to pray with me right now. Uh, we got Texas. Yes, we have all type of technology, but are we using it for the glory of God? I have one job, and my job is Matthew 6 to 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You all, we have to come to that place. Write it down, Matthew 6 to 33, our foundation of Scripture. I'll repeat it to you again. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
It's nothing worse than not taking that chance of asking God to save you, asking God to forgive you, because when it's all said and done, you're going to answer. You're going to answer. We're all put here for a reason. you got to find out for God, from God what your reason is. You don't worry about what Susie, Sally, Derek, and Bobby doing. You ask God for your assignment. And it's okay if he tell you, well, let Susie go to the left and you go to the right. He separated Abraham and Lot and they was family. So don't worry about it. Take care of your assignment. Do what God told you to do. And watch. He said, if you take care of my house, I'll take care of yours. If you be about what God told you to be about, God going to take care of you. Some people, ministry is on the mountaintop, some is on the curb. Take your ministry and be glad. Just ask God to put you in a position to be received. And those that don't receive it, take the dust off your feet. I thank you all for joining in tonight. If anybody on Blog Talk would like to speak at this time, please do so. We ran over a little bit, but it's okay. If you have something to say on Blog Talk, please speak up at this time. Amen. Amen. Minister Sylvia, the only thing I would like to add is to Cecilia is let honor and respect be our first, our middle, and our last thing, no matter your age. Yes. We really, really, really got to get back to honoring and respecting one another. And um, when my parents do the family reunions and they had the head tables. It wasn't about the head tables as much as it was about honor and respect. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people forget that that's the beginning. The husbands and the wives, let's get back to honoring one another. Infidelity is not a right. Adultery is not a right. Let's just get back to doing what the Word says. That's all. Thank you so much, Apostle, for that, because it is about honor and respect. When you give honor and respect, everything falls in place because that is a part of what God put out here. He said, The honor of thy mother and thy father, thy day shall be long on this green earth that the Lord has given thee. So it ain't like it's a secret or it was a new idea, it was a good idea, it just came out. No, God told us in the way before to honor. He even told uh, his his soldiers, his his men of honor, his men of valor. He said, if it was too many, he said, send them back. He only used 300, but he also told if they 12 and under, send them home. He told you what age you are accountable for. So until we start by giving our children the foundation, our foundation is Jesus died on the cross on Calvary. Our foundation is the blood of Jesus. That's our foundation. Our foundation is Genesis to Revelation. That's our foundation. And tell you start by giving the foundation to your children. And you pray that God touch their heart to give the foundation to their children. I told you, this is my family's T-shirt from last year. Promise kept. God is going to keep his promise. Uh, God's going to keep his promise. If most of us be honest, when we were children, we promised our parents that we would love God all the days of our life. We would honor Jesus Christ. We would cover ourselves with his blood. We would pray. 
Let's get back to, we got to keep our promise to God. That's what I want to say. So I thank you all again for joining in. Is there anyone else before I close out? Okay, God, we just thank you for everybody that tuned in on Facebook and the live and those that will be tuning in on the replay. God, thank you for those that have heard the broadcast, Smile 3E, Iron Sharp the Iron, live, and that was aired again in the archives. God, we just thank you and ask you right now to bless every ear, heart, and mind and soul that received the word on tonight, God. Go into their homes, God. Give them what's needed. Heal every sick body, every sick mind, oh God. Bring a family back together, God, that needs your loving touch right now, God. We ask you to cover, 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 God. God, we just ask you to be God of our life. God, don't let us be ashamed of you before man, because we don't want you to be ashamed of us before your Father. God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, O oh Lord. God, heal Minister Margo, Apostle like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser. God, just go into every home. Go into the home of the Gills, the Seaberries, every level of Seaberry, God. Whether the last name changed or not due to marriage or whatever, God, we just say go into the homes, oh God. Sinclair's and Browns. God, we ask you to go into the Kaisers, the Sanders, and the Carters house. God, just heal right now, oh Lord. We ask you to go into the Thomas's house, oh God. God, we just ask you to go and just touch Sheila's children, T1 and Pinky. Go into their households, oh Lord. Touch their families. God, we ask a special prayer for Cecilia's son, Brandon, and his wife, Michaela, on today as they bring forth a new child into this life, God. We just ask you for your mercy, oh Lord. We ask you for your hand to just cover right now, God. Healthy baby. God, they will go on and love you all the days of their life. God, we just ask you right now, oh Lord, as our family grow and as the generations come up and come before you, oh God, we ask you to keep them to a hundred generations and so on, oh God. We won't give up and we won't give in, God. We will teach them to pray, stay on their face before you. God, touch our youth. Open their heart and mind. Bring back the love, oh God. Let the ones that know better say something. Don't let them just go in because that's just what the land is doing. Let them have the heart, the nerve, and the skill to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -mm, I don't believe in that. God, we just ask you to change the heart of the mind. Turn the confused away from confusion, oh God. God, we just ask you to be God in their lives, their family lives. Take back the kingdom of God from the enemy of our souls, oh God. Teach us how to teach and teach them how to be tolerable, oh Lord. God, anything and everything I didn't pray about, God, blame it to my head, not my heart. God, I just ask you to go into every area of our lives, listening lives, the viewers' lives, and cover, cover, cover. As I have friends and family members that's traveling over the highways to go to the roundup or out of town, God, cover them to and from missing. God, just cover them, cover them. No breakdowns, no fallouts, no flats, no mishaps, no accidents. Cover, oh Lord. Bring them back like they went safely. 
bring them safely. Let they come back. In Jesus' name it is so. Amen. Again, our foundational scripture, Matthew 6 to 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Um, next Monday is the first Monday. Dr. Serena Wright at 8 p.m. will be on. And next Friday at 9 p.m., me, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, will be on. These are Central Standard Times so I'm giving you. And on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, Apostle like Dr. Sophia Kaiser will be on. So please tune in. Follow our Facebook postings to let you know if and when we're on the air and what we're about. And if anybody feels that they want to co-host with me on any Monday or Friday, I'll put it like this, any third Monday and every Friday, please get in touch with me and uh, we will do something. We will be prepared. Let's get together and do this God's way because God has an avenue for all of us. Let's travel it together. Amen. Good night, everyone.